Welcome to the Labyrinth. I'm your host, Pratham Pada. My guest today is Kamya Butch, popularly known as Wandering Kamya. She's a digital nomad, travel blogger, model, influencer. She, on her blog, she talks about travel, spirituality, meditation, and personal growth. Kamya, welcome to the Labyrinth. Hi, such a pleasure to be here. So how are you? How are things on your side? Uh, very well. I just got back from uh, four months in Himachal, so uh, <laughs> I'm feeling quite rested and quite uh, ready to uh, ready to get back into action. Okay, you traveled all around the world. You've been to different places, but you post a lot about Himachal Pradesh. Why do you love that place so much? <laughs> so I fell in love with the uh, Parvati Valley when I went there for the first time in 2016. And then it's just kind of been a repeat every year. I spend a couple months, three months there. Uh, it's like a second home. And as me as a digital nomad, I find that for me, one of the most valuable things is the feeling of a place that I feel at home. So that's one of those places for me. But yeah, as you mentioned, uh, you know, the world is my home and uh, I keep exploring. So when did you start your journey as a digital nomad and travel blogger? I started off in the end of 2015. So I just finished my master's in economics. I studied in the University of Warwick in England. And I was on a very conventional path, investment banking, management consulting. And I even got to the final round of McKinsey in London, a very like big uh, management consulting firm. And that's when it kind of clicked for me that, why am I doing this? Uh, my soul is not in this, this is not for me. And I saw, I was already very different. Like, you know, the whole time I was at university, I was, uh, you know, really deep into my spiritual practices. I wasn't interested in the world and everything um, because I'd gone through a very rough time in my adolescence, uh, which is when I kind of embarked upon this path of inner discovery, inner transformation. And at the end of my education, I realized that what I wanted, what I was seeking was not in my textbooks, that I could keep studying I could do a PhD, I could go to work in a bank, but what I wanted, I needed it now. I needed to explore the world. And so I started off, you know, like kind of like a gap year. So I thought, okay, two, two three months here, two, three months there. Uh, you know, I went to Cambodia, I went to Vietnam, I came back to India. And then I realized, uh, you know, in, in kind of the end part of 2016, when I got a dream job with a research company which would have really enabled me to pursue a very successful career in academia, that there was no chance in hell that I wanted to work under someone else. <laughs> that there was no chance that I wanted to sell my autonomy, sell my liberty of speech to a system outside of myself. Because of course, academia is, is a big part of the matrix. Um, and so that's when I kind of, you know, finally cut the cord with the idea that I need to pursue a conventional career path. Uh, and so over time, over the years, my path has evolved um, as a digital nomad from online teaching to you know, the travel blog uh, activities that I have now. And so, yeah, that's pretty much the summary. What do you mean by the matrix? <laughs> Well, the matrix, I feel, is, you know, it, it's, a, it's a construct that has been uh, centuries in the making. So if we think about the systems we see around us, like Western science or the modern education system, where did they come from? 
And when we go to the root of it, who controls the banks? Who controls the institutes? Who controls Harvard? Who controls the public figures who are sold to us as idols? Why do we worship Mother Teresa? Where did these people come from? The celebrities that are, that are promoting certain things, uh, you know, wh where do they come from? Um, and so when you kind of dig deeper into all of that, the matrix, um, you can get to find out many things. And I think, you know, on a more kind of general level, it's the system of control, artificial control of our human consciousness, our natural intelligence, and ancient wisdom and ancient cultures that is a direct threat to our survival as a species. And so I feel like many people now are starting to decondition, decolonize, and realize that we have been lied to. You know, we have a lot more power than we think as humans. We don't need to rely on experts to form opinions. We are the experts, the masters of our reality. We can create our own reality. And more than that, we have such a treasure trove of inheritance um, in, in terms of our understanding of the natural world, you know, all these different spiritual systems that I like to talk about and share, um, which have, I know, have changed not just my life, but many millions of people's lives across the globe, which is why I think, you know, this, this big uh, movement is happening right now. Has your, has your traveling made you a more uh, spiritual person? That's an interesting question. I think, you know, uh, in, in some traveling has definitely, solo traveling has had a massive impact on my own inner journey. And that's why I started, you know, because I've always been a seeker. And so, you know, all the things I've experienced uh, in different lands, you know, the constant influx, the new experiences, new people, um, you know, going to all these ancient places, uh, in, in different countries like Japan and Peru and, <coughs> and a lot around Europe as well. And not just that, but, you know, Cytrons festivals and um, all sorts of things like together have really played a massive role in exposing me to things I wouldn't have known about otherwise. Yeah, what kind of an impact would you say Cytrons has had on you? <laughs> Well, Psytrance like, has always been, uh, you know, a form of music that I, I, I got into when I was in kind of school. And then when I went through my kind of monk phase, I totally disconnected from everything. <laughs> then when I, you know, started traveling again, a lot of things came back for me. And I think I'm always going to have a connection with the music, even though my association with the, the kind of commercial psychedelic culture, so to speak, is, is quite different. I'm more interested in the kind of and theogenic plant medicine aspect of psychedelics and so in that way you know um they have had a massive impact on my journey in terms of opening me up to to so many things and, and i think the key thing uh with all these different things is the context in which you experience them um so you know festivals are of course amazing and you know there are so many good festivals but then also you know working with the indigenous um, you know, knowledge systems like in Peru, uh, I had the opportunity to uh, sit in a uh, Wachuma cactus ceremony in um, the Andes Mountains. And, uh, you know, that was, that was really transformative. And so these different experiences have, hard to explain, but really shifted so many things inside of myself um, and have helped me to really open up to, to you know, my true potential. Oh, 
you talk a lot about um, indigenous culture and uh, ancient indian culture do you think uh, we indians are still mentally colonized <laughs> yeah <laughs> for sure and and you know I, i i feel like you know when i look at the modern indian you know the modern indian many people they want to go study abroad now that's incredible i think it's such a good thing to go out and travel and experience new things and of course you know i'm not going to lie our education system sucks <laughs> and there's you know so much uh, that 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 you know uh, power in being able in in you know being exposed to those ways of life where you know matlab driver nahi hoga maid nahi hoga like you have to cook your own food like these these things for the modern indian are really you know it's a big difference east and west is a big difference right but i think the mental paradigm right the construct of this inferiority complex this idea of worshiping the west you know this idea that we have to outsource our power to celebrities or people outside of ourselves to tell us that this is a fashion trend or this is what we have to think uh, you know that colonization that herd mentality groupthink and the second aspect is as is the self hatred towards our origins there are many people that completely want to who have been born into a, an a, an ancestral lineage and have disowned themselves you know that our practices are backwards you know we don't want to go to the, we don't want to go to the temples you know ancient science is all complete shit and so these types of attitudes i think you know are changing as ironically people are seeing people in the west really take picking these things up and in a sense neo colonizing and selling them back to us the way that they've done with yoga now apart from yoga is just the, you know this this commercial industry apart from that there are so many things and for me i know as an nri i owe all my spiritual transformation all the all the kind of things i've learned and i have my own guruji over here that i met um when i was going through my process um for everything you know uh, i'm not just that but the land itself you know contains the energy of so many ancient sadhus and beings who have done great great tapasya who have really uplifted the frequency raised the vibration of the land so there's certain places you go and you sit and you have a spontaneous spiritual experience you know and i so i think to be receptive to those magical transformative you know psychedelic experiences so to speak right they these are um you know old altered states of consciousness you know, mind altering experiences um one has to be kind of open and so i think that's where the colonization restricts people yeah like you said one has to be open but there are a certain group of people who are very rational and objective in their uh, way of looking at things and if you speak like this in front of them they would definitely say oh this is all pseudo scientific bullshit <laughs> what would you how would you react if someone told that i mean i probably won't uh, you know i i tend to react very sarcastically to people <laughs> sarcastically to people but i would say you know that um you know i think it comes down to you experiencing something for yourself so everything that you're analyzing key this is real this is false this is pseudoscience what point of reference have we been given for science an industry that suppresses natural medicine an industry that separates spirit from matter an industry that does not acknowledge the existence 
of consciousness, an industry that cannot even barely explain how they constructed the pyramids and the temples which our ancestors built 10,000 years ago. So if that is the point of reference, then of course, we're not gonna be able to understand pseudoscience. Why? Because it's spiritual science far transcends the Western understanding of science. And to these people, I would really ask them, do you want to find out if you are inquiring with a scientific mind, the scientific mind wants to see, right? It wants to analyze, it wants to dissect. Why don't you go out and have an experience for yourself? And then you will know for yourself. Because, you know, that's the thing. We can sit here and we could, people uh, can have mental debates and these things. But at the end of the day, the, for me, and I know for many others, the experience is what transforms us and ultimately connects us to something that is so much beyond everything that you know, we can describe with, with our scientific tools. True, I agree. As long as it helps you to grow personally. And uh, another thing that comes to my mind because we're talking about colonization and culture is that you had previously said that you faced an incident of Hindu phobia. Uh, right? Mm -hmm. in, in, right, right. In India, which I thought was like, uh, you know, like, how is that even possible? Like, people don't even think of that. Like, it's can very you? Possible. Okay. Yeah, because the thing is that what's happened is right abroad, there is nothing like uh, indigenous culture, right? If you go to England, I grew up in England, their culture is fish and chips, their culture is football. So when they see someone like me, and I grew up in England, I grew up in Manchester. And so I was very exotic, you know, my culture was always celebrating, not share about Diwali, um, you know, even then, and then I got into, you know, these um, model United Nations and all these different uh, things, you know, through my school. Uh, and I would share, you know, socio-political issues as well uh, with regards to the protection of my people, the protection of the things that I believe in. And so when I came to India, what I realized resistance for even someone I am a Hindu for even someone mentioning that I'm proud and I will stand up for my culture, that, that I know that there has been a war on indigenous cultures for 2000 years. Now, this has been going on for a long time and we know that we are the last ancient civilization to survive in large numbers. Every single day, things are dissolving. Things are happening that people have no idea about because the mainstream media profits from silencing these issues the same way that they silence many other issues because truth is a direct threat to people's understanding, their, their, their mass hypnosis um, that allows them to be controlled. Um, and so, you know, in India, I find that because of colonization, that's why I actually see people as victims of colonization rather than, you know, uh, you know this, this kind of hateful sentiment, right? Of course, let's, let's not uh, also deny that colonized left, right? The East India Company, for example, is the most recent uh, aspect of colonization. And uh, now the, the same guys, they own the media companies. They fund a lot of the activists. Um, we know that Christian missionaries are coming in and converting people. We know that there are uh, 10 and thousands of different problems that don't come to the forefront. And so, you know, I truly believe that it is everyone's human right to stand up for the things that they believe in. And, uh, unfortunately, because, uh, you know, there has been a lot of, um, you know, these seeds sown right from the education system onwards, that in India, I find that um, I get a lot more hate, whereas abroad, I get a little bit more um, willingness 
to you know build allyships and to build partnerships what what do you think we can do to reclaim our culture i think the first is to have an awareness of what we've lost for me that has been a massive eye opener for example just today uh, and even last last week i went to this organic um, organic is also a kind of english term but natural farm uh, goshala so they have 70 cows and the whole system and you understand the way that we have been colonized from our root from the seeds that we put in the ground that are genetically modified from the way that um, you know our farming practices have been destroyed on purpose the way that our traditional vedic knowledge and understanding now i just went to another goshala uh, today actually and yesterday and so they have an entire understanding of the way that we have a symbiotic relationship with say cows go mata who we worship as mother right and so the way that those ayurvedic medicines are derived from in different ways processed in different natural ways you know there is such a vast science behind this and having explored different shamanic cultures and um you know other uh, in, in buddhist traditions and connected with uh, spiritual communities across the world um i understand the value of what we've lost and so you know i think that the first thing that we need to do is reclaim our way of life and that means coming back to the earth and that that could be as small of a revolution as learning a little bit about dincharya and implementing it and because it's a lived knowledge you know when we live the knowledge um that you know has an imp- that really shifts our consciousness then we shift consciousness on the planet too and you you visit gaushalas i know you like uh, i know you love a lot of animals like cows and goats and elephants <laughs> yeah. but you particularly don't like one animal and that is the sheep or the sheeple and i'm not talking about the fluffy cute sheep i'm talking about the human sheep of course <laughs> how how annoyed do you get when you are surrounded by these so called sheeple <laughs> so you know actually i don't need anyone and I, i i love to talk to all types of people and connect with all types of people but i think social media kind of does create a lot of you know apparent you know there there are apparent things that are going on in the world there are apparent you know heavy amounts of brainwashing and so you know uh, just generally i i i i am quite disconnected from the regular society you know this this kind of this matrix world right where we're just running around doing the same thing again and again where we're trying to live to impress other people to show people things and and you know like uh, Uh, money and clothes and cars and all this stuff you know uh, kind of active materialism is something that i feel the need that you know we can't change anyone from the outside you know if pe- if people want to go ahead and believe everything they're sold by the mainstream media and sell their power to these systems and then get hurt later on and then realize that i i i screwed myself over you know that's their journey and i think everyone needs to have their own journey um and a- apart from that you know the people that are really seeking something and they don't know what they're seeking maybe there's something beyond the life they know maybe there's just a small voice of their intuition telling them 
you know, uh, maybe there's another way, you know, that maybe I'm being lied to, uh, you know, <laughs> and, and that's why, you know, I think it comes down to this whole thing of fear versus love, right? When you are, when we are living in fear, which is what the society does to us, right? We are fear of our body image. We are fear of uh, how people will think, you know, we are fear of getting sick. Now, now it's become a mass uh, hysteria of not getting a cold. Um, you know, so these things make us easily controlled. And so that is the root of, you know, the work that I think light workers and I actually don't even like that term, but that, you know, that <coughs> conscious beings are here to do on the planet is by doing our own inner work and assisting people to really come back, you know, to come back to, to nature. Uh, I mean, you think very differently compared to the average person in the world you have your own way of thinking and you you speak the truth regardless of what the consequences might be uh have you lost any friends because you speak your mind and you don't care yeah yeah absolutely um I, i'm sure i have an equal proportion of people that um you know resonate with uh, the things i share and, and not everyone has to resonate all the time i think that's the thing that i follow many different people and sometimes uh, you know I, I don't resonate with everything they share but i i don't care you know that's not the point of life that we all have to be homogeneous um the only thing that i can't tolerate is like just the the, the kind of direct hatred like i can clearly feel the place that a person is coming from um now you know of course there have been uh, you know many people uh you know that that give you you know that take take offense or all these things um but that's that's something i can't control and i think at the end of the day um this is not about this whole thing right about awakening or truth or all this stuff it's not about being against anything it's about being for something it's about knowing like what we came here to do and so i'm committed to that beyond anything else beyond friendship and i think the fact that uh, you know i uh, live alone a, a lot and i spend a lot of time alone has made me resilient at the same time uh, you know i think it also helps to um filter things out and i know that the people that you know that uh, I, I that i love and the people that love me are always going to be there um you know regardless of whether people agree or not with my views is an entirely different issue what is your now this is the truly controversial part what is your opinion on uh, medical freedom and what's happening right now with the world right i don't think that's controversial at all and i think people should really get it through their heads that um you know this what has been happening since 2020 right has been a control agenda right right from yeah. the start now maybe for two or three weeks I was kind of fooled and I was fooled uh, even that time I was like dude if, if the system is putting so much money in advertising into one thing but they're not talking about the millions of deaths of, of opioid addictions they're not talking about the massive staggering amount of hunger and starvation on the planet they're not talking about the fact that they have suppressed cancer cures and they have erased and wiped out holistic medicine practitioners like Dr. Sebi whilst selling people chemotherapy with intense and heavy side effects, that they're not talking about the millions of people that have cured themselves of, of severe conditions without pharmaceuticals when doctors told them that they had no time to live, 
And so knowing that coming from a place of holistic healing and spirituality uh, in the beginning only, but I was like, okay, cool. Let's just go along with it. You know, it's part of, part of what's happening. And then I understood, okay, okay, like I got understood, you know, the agendas. And so if we look at the way this is, okay, for, for the person looking from the outside, you know, why would they want to lock us in our houses and, and make us muzzle our faces and, uh, you know, try and, and make us take these uh, different pharmaceutical products which have no long-term studies? Um, I think that's a question that people have to research for themselves. There are now hundreds, thousands, millions of people talking about this but they're censored, they're blocked from speaking the truth. Now, from my perspective, uh, you know, uh, at the most basic level, it's of course a money thing in terms of that the, the same people that sell the panic, sell the pill, you know, they profit from uh, keeping us in diseased states. Um, now, the other aspect, uh, you know, comes to do is what is the system that they're trying to implement, right? So if you look at the whole kind of the, the vaccine passport thing they're trying to do in England or Australia, now this is a system of segregation. It is a system to try and force people to take chemical with something that clearly has a very low mortality rate with several effective cheap treatments like ivermectin, which has been used heavily in Uttar Pradesh. When we have so many natural remedies, you know, I just came from the Goshala, they have entire kits for this, and, and, and 15,000 people have been cured without any drugs whatsoever. And so this is obviously not about health, and the only thing that I would say is that people start to think about what is really happening. Because if we don't, you know, start to understand that we have the right to refuse, no one can tell you to take something in your body that you do not want to take, right? This is a basic human right. And we see people standing up, you know, in Australia, in Spain, in France, in America, and in India, definitely, we should stand up for our traditional health systems. Uh, you know, we should uh, stand up for, uh, you know, the, the right to earn a living, especially you have an additional hundred, which yes, has been a, a kind of small, I think, you know, there has been more and more people uh, starting to acknowledge that, um, you know, this, uh, this is actually what's happening is quite detrimental for us. Um, and, you know, we need to, we need to start uh, understanding that, um, you know, taking back our power, essentially. Yeah. Is it possible that many of these people or sheeple who are uh, choosing not to wake up is because they're not uh, reflecting on reality? They just go with the flow. They believe whatever the government says or what the TV says. And uh, they're when they listen to someone something like this they think oh this is just conspiracy theories this just can't be true uh, and uh, they they just refuse to believe that and that's fine but uh, they're they are even trying to force their beliefs on us now they're saying that okay if right. you if you don't take this we're going to segregate you we're going to introduce passports is that a threat to people like us um, I think there's enough of us to kind of resist. And I think the resistance in a way is going to be a long-term resistance, which is why I'm so, and this ties everything together, our human rights for medical freedom, the protection of our ancient Vedic culture in India and indigenous cultures across the entire planet, um, the protection of Mother Earth, the awakening of our spiritual consciousness, you know, all these things, um, exiting the system, you know, it's a consciousness. And this consciousness is flowing out. This matrix is flowing out. It's over. Uh, it's kind of a feel like a shell that's coming off, and this you know, new thing is being birthed. And I so, so I think that 
you know, the, the only way that we can do this is is a fight back in whatever ways that you know we stand up for ourselves. Uh, you know, say um, if if an employer is trying to force you to take something against your will, there are several different reasons that show that it's absolutely not justified to coerce people. And so, you know, putting forward the letter, you know, there the, the, there Awaken India movement group is helping people to understand their legal rights, right? Um, apart from that, you know, uh, uh, in the next one or two years, I think it's really of crucial importance that we start building, um, you know, communities, self-sustainable communities, self-sustainable farms, where, you know, anything that happens, we have food, we have water, uh, you know, we can sustain ourselves. Uh, and then and then we're free, you know, I think you know, maybe freedom is freedom is a, a long way away, you know, maybe uh, we don't know what it's going to look like exactly. Um, but definitely, you know, the more people I think that speak up and raise awareness, um, you know, the, the better chance that we have. Okay. And uh, how do you think we can help people to wake up? Uh, like, what are your spiritual practices that you do? to make you a more conscious person? Is it meditation or is it psychedelics or what was it? Well, meditation for me is essential. Uh, you know, I try and uh, sit daily when my travel routine is a bit <laughs> practice. Uh, and then I also, you know, do a different, a different sorts of kriyas and things that I've learned from my Guruji who's uh, in a in tantric lineage. Um, and, uh, and then apart from that, you know, definitely entheogenic plant medicines, I, I believe have uh, a massive potential in helping people heal, but only in the right context, you know, in the type of ceremonial um, kind of uh, indigenous context where we understand the, the process of ritual, you know, we understand, and there are many kind of uh, entheogens in India, even things like uh, blue lotus, uh, you know, cacao, um, all these plant medicines, plant frequencies are here to assist us to uh, heal and expand our consciousness. Um, so, you know, plant medicine is definitely a big part, uh, and not just that, but just my entire routine, um, you know, supplements and all these things, diet. Um, and so sometimes I feel most advanced spiritual practice you can do is, is really even just change your food. For example, you know, like, let's look at the whole kind of dairy issue, you know, the dairy industry, right, which, of course, you know, the dairy industry is, uh, you know, abusing animals and stuff. So, you know, we just went to a Goshala and now it's 5,000 rupees a litre for ghee. <laughs> but I'm going to take that ghee because it's the purest, you know, and sattvic. And that's where this understanding of Vedic science, when it is lost, and when we start to look at things from a Western lens, we lose the understanding of what is what. Like, you know, the, the, the word sattvic, you know, the understanding of sattvic encompasses the whole process of how we treat the cows, what we feed them, how they breed, the geographical conditions, um, you know, they're, they're, so, so yeah, so I think, you know, they're, they're, like, it's very kind of underrated, um, these basic changes, like even just like, there's a shop in Goa called Unheirloom Foods, so they have heirloom produce like, you know, lentils, rice, uh, flowers, vegetables, everything. When we put the economic flow back into these type of small businesses that we know are doing regenerative farming, right? We are regenerating the entire life cycle of the earth. 
we are decolonizing from the very simple level of what we take as a food. And not just that, but then of course, you know, our own inner work, our own shadow work, how can we show up as better people every day? You know, how can we act more from a space of gratitude? Um, how can we um, heal ourselves so that we're in a better position to serve the planet? So all of these things for me really kind of tie together in different ways. And since you have a lot of experience with traveling and spirituality and personal growth, what kind of advice would you give to a young person today? You know, actually, like young people today, I, I'm so disconnected and I should probably uh, engage more with the young TikTok generation to understand more about, you know, how life is for them. And I'm sure it's very different from when I was in school uh, 10 years ago. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, I would definitely tell them to don't be concerned about fitting in or trying to be like your peers. I think that's always a massive thing for anyone going through the whole adolescence phase, right? You know, how do I, oh, these are the cool people. You know, how do I be cool and all these things. You don't need to be cool. You don't need to follow anyone. Have, have you know, have the courage to, you know, even if you don't fit in, to own yourself. Um, you know, take the time right now from a young age um, to really think about, uh, you know, your, your own, um, the things that make you happy, right? Never give up on the things that make you happy. And maybe the education system is, uh, you know, you're going into a, a field like medicine or law or engineering. But, but you know, um, that's another thing as well. I think there are so many things uh, career-wise as well to understand that there has never been a more um, better time to become an entrepreneur, to become a digital nomad. Um, and so I would say just start, you know, if uh, you don't need to follow a conventional career path, that time is over, um, you know, be a part of the change. And if you feel called to be a part of the change, uh, then, uh, you know, everything I think kind of flows on its own. Hmm. And uh, now I'm going to ask you a very vague question because you talk a lot about matrix and spirituality. Where do you think we'll go after we die? You know, uh, so there's a, this book, you know, Tibetan Book of the Dead, uh, Bardo. They describe the different levels the soul travels through. And even in our uh, Vedic Shastras, there's an understanding of how the soul moves after the soul leaves the body. Now, I can't explain that. <laughs> I won't be able to answer that, uh, you know. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, Generally, you know, there is an under for me personally, uh, there is an understanding that I'm connected to something that is eternal. Um, that you know, I'm connected to um, that I I I go beyond this one human life lifetime, beyond this one human body. Um, that you know, we have lived for many lifetimes, and we will probably will probably come back again. Um, and uh, so that's why you know I don't really ponder too much about. Um, you know, things like the afterlife, but definitely, uh, you know, the way that uh, one thing that even plant medicines have kind of shown me as well is the way that we need to clear our karmic imprints <laughs> as much as possible in this lifetime, you know? which is, of course, in Sanatana Dharma is a big part of that, right? How, how do we, um, you know, clear, cleanse um, these things that keep binding us to the material realm that keep binding us to earth um 
but there's a beautiful uh you know saying like don't look at the fruits um of of the actions you're taking you know just focus on the actions um and so yeah here now honestly here now is is everything <laughs> can you tell me a little bit about your guruji because you've spoken about him a lot so his name is dr ja and he has a clinic in bangalore called total physio care he sees over 100 to 200 people in a day he's cured people of extremely chronic illnesses cancers everything apart from surgery and uh you know he's a very unassuming like you will never like look at him from the outside it's not like a you know a kind of celebrity on stage and all that hangama he's a very ordinary person but when you sit in front of him you know you can uh he's a type of person that he'll look you in the eye and he'll know everything about you every single thing you know he'll just press one little acupressure point and there'll be so much pain and then the problem is just dissolved <laughs> so you know i owe him uh, you know i think i i don't like the world i owe again he's are decolonizing my language <laughs> but um you know i'm i'm so uh, you know blessed to be uh connected with him and um he's changed many people's lives he also does health camps um you know uh, because of him you know my holistic health journey which started in uh, and my spiritual journey which started in 2011 um i really uh, uh, never really had to rely on um allopathy allopathic medications and um and so that's that's had a massive impact in my journey and uh, finally samia what do you think is the purpose of life that's a deep question man and uh you know for, for me i think the to to not to sound too cliche but to a large extent i think the purpose is celebration life is a celebration the trees are celebrating the birds are celebrating i think as human beings we tend to analyze everything we tend to see the imperfections in everything our brain always tends to towards to the kind of the, the kind of shadow side and it does exist and that's why we've been blessed with the faculties that that we can you know our analytical mind right so that so that we can work our way through this maze of maya um but um you know i, I think at a core level for me it's it's love you know loving oneself um you know, being in love with life um and on a more practical level finding out and really feeling the things that really called you in your heart and soul what is that one tangible impact you want to make in the world what is that one unique thing that we know that every single person on the planet is unique and has a unique medicine and has been born into a body land lineage uh, you know everything for a reason it's a cosmic blueprint there is not one thing in existence that does not have a purpose there is not one thing in nature that does not have a function in the in the ecosystem uh, and so for us i think you know the more that we do this work this decolonization work that we come back to our organic and natural state of consciousness that we can clearly feel the expansive experience of our purpose in this existence that we can you know truly um and so uh, so yes so there on a practical level for sure you know for me personally um you know building building uh, these structures you know things that i'm working on long term projects and then of course you know on a spiritual level the ultimate purpose is you know moksha <laughs> is freedom from the cycle of life and death 
um, which requires years of intense sadhana. So, so, so probably still a long way away, <laughs> but not out of reach, not out of reach. Well, I hope you all the best in your journey towards moksha. And I want to thank you so much for being thank on my you. podcast. Thanks. Uh, such a nice, uh, you know, pleasure to speak with you. And, uh, you know, if any of your listeners, uh, you know, want more resources, uh, want to connect, want to help with these things like building communities, building farms, want to join the psychedelic community, uh, you know, uh, I'm going to be rebranding it to Antiogenic Society India. And um, also other things like uh, group trips and nature excursions. Um, feel free to get in touch.